0: A one, two, three, four. Thanks for listening to this podcast produced by Diddy TV. Visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive, on-demand content, or download the official Diddy TV app from your app store today. Welcome to Insights, everyone. Today we're excited to share our recent conversation with renowned Welsh musician, songwriter, and record producer Carl Wallinger best known for leading his group World Party and for his time in the 80s with the band The Water Boys. We caught up with Carl from the control room of his new studio in Hastings in southern England, where he's overlooking the sea, the English Channel to be exact. When he's not tracking ships in the harbor, he's busy working on his studio and various musical projects, including reissuing World Party albums on vinyl and generally living a pretty insular life with the energetic spirit for which fans have come to love him. It was an honor to chat with him, and I'm happy to be able to share that chat with you now. Take a listen, and we'll catch up again at the end. I think we should be we should be good here, Carl. So, Wallinger, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, Carl Wallinger. Yeah. Okay, I,
0: I just wanted to make sure, because I, I thought that's what it was, and then, then I rethought my own thoughts. I was like, hmm.
1: I think I'm the most uh, changed name man in history and as far as the publicity I get goes cuz I've been Kurt Elinger, and <laughs> you know Kurt I'm often Kurt Bollinger and it's like uh well you know this could be a problem this Wallinger thing I was thinking of changing it to Torn or something you know or you know like Rip Torn you know but hey, I'm stuck with it so
0: I wonder what Rip Torn's real name was it probably was <coughs> something pretty hard right cuz he went with Rip Torn
1: <laughs> Yeah I don't know who knows
0: so where are you right now?
1: I'm in the uh, control room of a studio that I've just finished building and started recording in, in a town called Hastings in south Southern England, overlooking the sea. The studio has always been called Sea View, and for thirty years I had a view of the city of London and a kind of uh, quite a good view of the city of London. It was used as a fire watch in the war where I used to be to see if buildings were on fire all across the town. You know, so we were quite elevated, but it was. It was Sea View Studios, but it wasn't the sea. It was the sea of humanity, you know. So um, I just basically moved to the seaside. And now I've got a real sea view, so it's it's much improved, you know. I can see the English Channel, and I can see the uh, amazing amount of shipping. There's a little program you can get called, uh, you know, ship ship recognizer or something, and uh, and you can see all the shipping on the uh, in the channel, and it's it's amazing how much there is going on all the time. It's incredible the amount of stuff we're sending to each other all the time. It's sort of, uh, it's quite amazing. And I can sort of look out and keep track on it. And you can click on the little thing and the horizon. and You can see where it's coming from, where it's going to and what, you know, it's, uh, but there's, I mean, it's, there's thousands of ships out there. It's unbelievable. You know, so Seaview Studios, it's good to keep an eye on the world.
0: It's crazy because, you know, over here we have all these containers and they're sitting in the ocean and they they can't quite dock so we're having a supply chain problem over here
1: <laughs> I, don't, I i think there's uh, that's going on everywhere i think and it's just um i don't really know what's happened why it can't go back but it seems to not be going back together how it used to be and we've got to take the hint i think and change a few things but um People seem to be intent on going back to sort of uh, post war living over here with our attitude towards Europe and all that stuff. I hate it. So it's, it's, I've withdrawn from the country because the country's withdrawn from sense. So I'm not, I'm no, I just happen to live in this plot of land. I don't really feel like I'm a, a I think British is kind of a strange thing to be right now. It's, uh, we've alienated ourselves. So I've alienated myself from the alienators. And uh, I'm following America more than I'm following England, really. Um, I'm, it's because it's, it's kind of fascinating. What's going on there is just crazy. <laughs> so um, it is. I've never seen anything like it. You've never had anything like it. It's I don't understand what's going on, but um, the big baby certainly has ripped up the, uh, the 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 playroom and thrown his rattle around, and now he's going crazy. I mean, it's just a crazy thing. This 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 guy who's a kind of really quite a quite a worthless piece of, really
0: right. <laughs> and, and
1: he's and he's done this thing to this country that's, you know, got rovers on Mars and, you know, has been defining you know the culture for you know, a hundred years. You know, it's just what he's done is just unbelievable. But well, you know, it, it is. Was, it, it must is. have been out there. It must have been out there for him to do it. You know, for so.
0: sure. It's been such a crazy time, and yeah. Um, and the interesting thing about the U.S., of course, is like you said, we can. Put someone on Mars and we can race to a vaccine and then we can just be down the hole in other ways. It's it's definitely uh I mean those valuable. those
1: irate people shouting at school board people in their cars, you know, and shouting out like they want to kill them is just it really is a, a, a kind of mental illness these people have got that they've been you know, it's 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 so crazy. It's just I mean, I don't know how it's going to come together because it doesn't look like it's going to come together in a handshake anytime soon. You know, I mean, um, but I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's fascinating. It's no, I, it's,
0: I think I think it's Darwin. The best
1: movie ever made. You know,
0: yeah, I, mean, I think Darwin's going to have a play here, so we're going to see. I don't know about that. <laughs> the have, survival of the fittest. I don't know.
1: Yeah, we'd have to wait a few thousand years for any of us <laughs> to be like. Uh, 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 what is was it called? Um, you know, um, uh, what the. F- is the word um anyway uh I, I know what i'm trying to say but i've had one of those interview moments forget what the word is right i'm, I'm an, an idiot, idiot moments <laughs> there you know so uh, evolution basically that's what i wanted to say i mean you know waiting for evolution to happen is uh, quite difficult really because we don't see we seem to be evolving backwards and we seem to we'd be evolving into a lack of sense and a lack of empiricism really you know i think we need a good dose of Bertrand russell immediately <laughs> you know like sort of a logical analysis basically without all this heated emotions that are just so misplaced it's well you know
0: over here i you can can say. can't believe
1: what you're, what you're seeing in interviews of people at these rallies and stuff it's just it's a crazy thing man. i, I hope you get through it because it looks like you're not it, it, at the moment it looks like it's not gonna come back to normal anytime soon i mean well, i have uh, to
0: say the last uh, year has started to feel a little bit more normal so we'll uh, we'll cross our fingers and over here yeah. i don't know if you know who walter cronkite was but yeah, 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 yeah we yeah, always that, yeah. sort of joke about the fact that walter cronkite needs to come back and like make some <laughs> sense about you yeah know, sort it, all out, that stuff. Interview right, interview it out interview a few people
1: with no shit sort of i mean these people that i mean they're great i mean it's i guess it should be a fertile time for songwriting because it's so insane you know but it's almost like you can't compete with the insanity that's going on with any kind of song or description of it because itself is so mad and it's such a you know it blocks out any commentary on it really because it's just it's just insanity it's i you know it's difficult to write about it really without you know i'm trying to do uh, enthusiasm and uh you know kind of lust for life sort of thing, you know, following the, the, the you know, life, you know. And I, I believe in um, chipmunks and, and uh, you know, uh, termite mounds and bees and the ability of butterflies to fly across oceans I, more than I believe in anything to do with humans, really, at the moment. You know, they're sort of, you know, crazy. Well, I'm you'll over.
0: have to come over to Memphis. Come visit us. I'd love
1: to come over. Because would love to we... come uh,
0: we're in a little small world here. we we have a studio and we don't have to think about all those other things. <laughs> we
1: can... Well, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's just that it's all around, isn't it? It's 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 like you're encircled. No, I I try I I try and live a you know a, a kind of insular life here. Um, especially during the lockdown, I've been out, I don't know, seven times in the last 20 months, you know, so it's uh, it's kind of crazy, you know, so it's good. I mean, it's I've needed to be here anyway, so, you know,
0: Okay, so... I've just been working. So during the lockdown, and, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to ask you a few questions about your childhood and growing up and, and a few things that like far that.
1: Back? Oh, I can't remember any <laughs> of that stuff. <laughs> That's long gone, that is. That's, you know, you killed a few brain cells along
0: the way. Yeah. I mean, we all have. Um, yeah. But what did you do during the lockdown? Were you writing or what were you doing?
1: Yeah, just like I said, I've come down here uh, uh, for... Yeah, we've been here four years now and I'm just still getting the studio together and um you know just writing stuff and i I just needed to be in the studio so it was perfect and the only other thing i've been doing is just releasing the catalogue on vinyl that's the only other project we we've done you know basically and um that's been nice to do and 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 i i'm sort of interested in what i'm doing in the room so that's good so um you know it makes life more bearable when you can go to work because i i didn't have a studio for since 2012 until we got here um i'd moved out of the one in london which i had for sort of better part of 30 years and um and it was fantastic and great and great fun and we did a lot of stuff there but i um, mean it was time to move on you know and um uh it's nice to be somewhere else and just in a new um experience really you know just a new experience it's a great it's it's a great view here the, the land goes away towards the town and it goes to the sea and the line on the, you know, from from the studio, it's like you can see out to sea, and that's really nice. And it's um, it's a welcome removal from the craziness of the center of London, which was, I mean, when I go there now, it's very well healed, and uh, all the things are expensive, and the people are expensive and stuff. But uh, uh, I'm glad I'm not there anymore. I'm glad I'm somewhere else, you know, sort of things. It's, it's nice.
0: Well, you're gonna have to send me a photo, and then I'm gonna show people the view out your window. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, how about yeah. that?
1: I can't. I can't do that because <laughs> it's gone dark. But I would have done otherwise.
0: <laughs> so we're gonna also we're gonna get to goodbye Jumbo because you're re-releasing, like you said, um, a bunch today. of your albums on on vinyl today. Then, today.
1: Today. It's the big day. Yeah.
0: So, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But um, you grew up in Wales, and um, yeah. So what was it like growing up in Wales? I know London was the big center for music at the time. And cool. uh, did it trickle out to Wales?
1: Well, I I, 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 I grew up in Wales and then we moved down when I was about seven, we moved down to, to just outside London and we were there for about four, five years. And then we moved back to the same house in Wales again that we never got rid of kind of thing. And, but by that time I'd kind of, I, I sort of left home in a way cause I, I sort of boarded at school and, you know, you know, um, wasn't at home a lot. And uh, so the whole thing about knowing people locally was just very sort of strange and um, when I when I went back as a teenager I kind of uh, that's how I got to know the alarm kind of thing because I used to drink in the pub down the road and I went down there looking for you know to socialise and stuff and uh, I, I, that's who I bumped into up there and we had a great time for a couple of years just hanging out and playing together you know in a um, there was this old school hall a town, a town village hall kind of thing and they used to book it and rehearse in there, and they used to play like um, the Who Live at Leeds album, note perfect, all one side of the album, like as it was on the record, kind of thing. And, and they used to do it really well, and um, I was kind of impressed, you know. And I, I kind of uh, thought, yeah, that's good. And they were so it was it was nice to find those guys and and kind of do music and have experiences, and it was good, good fun, you know. So yeah, it was all right. But I moved to London because I thought. I just want to get on with it and then um, <laughs> I, I left them um, up there and um, they actually they came to London a couple of times they were they were a band called the toilets for a while then they were a band called uh, 16 or was it 17 and they wore like the knack kind of black suits black ties white shirts and I went to see them at the music machine the gig in London and there was no one there and I was a bit depressed and then I kind of came away and I, I, and then a couple of years later, or a year later, I went to see them as the alarm at the uh, the um, uh, what's it, I can't, I can't remember got very amnesia ab- today um, what's it called, The uh, down in the West End oh, God. Oh anyway, uh, I went to see them at this club down in the West End and they were just like stuffed, it was just full of people, all wearing the, the sleeveless denim jackets with the big hair and the whole thing and it was like, they were the alarm now and it was like <laughs> It was so funny to see this, this this thing, you know, and it happened and it was great, you know. And when I was on tour with the Waterboys, we used to bump into them a lot and, um, you know, they'd be in like the next caravan in a field in France kind of thing, you know. It was, it, was, it was nice to know them and, you know, it was a good laugh. We had a good laugh.
0: So you play a bunch of instruments. What did you play first? What was the first one?
1: Uh, piano, I suppose, really. just It's cool. I, I didn't know it at the time, but it was a minor third flat. So all the songs I'd written when I was in Wales, I went down to London and played them. And I was like, I can't sing anymore. It's crazy, you know. <laughs> I was like... Oh, oh, yeah. And I suddenly realised that our piano was so flat. It was unbelievable. But um, apart from that, I really enjoyed playing that and just, just trying to... All I've ever tried to do is just get better at doing what it is that I do, you know, and, and have fun doing it. That's been the main thing, you know. So uh, it's just the beginning of that journey, really, to learn how to make songs that other people got something from and that had their own lives like i said before they're they're quite um i kind of almost resent songs the fact that you write them and then they go off and have this amazing time and they go to all the you know weddings and birthday parties and you know what i mean and special moments and and they're there between moments between two people or moments of inward introspection of a person that's an amazingly big moment for them or something like that. You know, they, people latch on to songs and they're really important to them, but they don't latch on. You know what I mean? I'm, like, I'm there going, yeah, hello. Uh. Do
0: they feel like children that are going out in the world? Yeah,
1: they, yeah, they feel like children that, that, that yeah, that sort of go away and don't want anyone to know who their parents are. <laughs> sort of embar- they're embarrassed by their lineage you know I don't know you know but it's a it's a sort of amazing thing you know it's it's um I think that's the wonderful thing about songs you know that they are sort of they're like they've got personalities and they've got they're just not able to walk or be manifest or make the tea or whatever it is you know, but they can do a lot of things that that even people can't sometimes you know what i mean they 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 can console and they can inspire and they can they can love you know they can they can bring love on that's for sure you know what i mean so I mean, it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy thing you know it's a, it's a good thing it's an amazing thing you know uh, luckily or else i couldn't justify sitting around in rooms for most of my life sitting on a chair playing this piece of wood you know i mean I, I have to give it some justification You know, so.
0: so when you write a song is the melody or the lyrics one or the other more important or is it just equal for you
1: I think um, I do a lot with what's called scrambled eggs lyrics. You know, they're just stuff you sing while you're doing this piece of music because the piece of music has a, a a kind of place it lives. A kind of it's describing something, and the song you might have a few words or a hook line or a a something, and and really your your job is to. Get out of the way <laughs> with your personality. Get that out of the way, because that's just a stupid thing that's that gets you into trouble all the time anyway, so why rely on it? Just get out of the way with your intelligence and your personality and try and just become invisible and let the song kind of construct itself. Really, that's the thing, and um, and that, that's, that's really what I try to do. It's like I, I don't really know what it is that I'm doing until I play it back at the end of what I've done. You know, I'm not really... Um, I'm not really a clever <laughs> artist like that. You know, I just kind of have to do, you know, have to kind of um, just find it in a way that's as little to do with reality as possible, you know, sort of thing. Just does that make any sense?
0: No, that it does. and But it sort of begs a question in my head that if that's how it's very free form for you, then later on when you hear people talking about a certain song and they have kind of a deeper meaning behind it is that, is that fun for you to to hear, or is it intriguing? You know that. Well, I, think,
1: I think you don't know. I mean, um, what I was, you know, it's like uh, there might be, you know, it might be um, uh, an attempt to bring. You know, it's like I don't know what it is. It's like going to the, it's like going through the gate and bringing back some sort of. Objects from the other side, or something, and showing them, and people recognise them or not, and they ring a bell or not, or they're in a certain order that no one, you know, that you kind of like. Oh, I've never seen that before, but it makes sense, or it's um, it's strange. It's like you know them, but you don't know them. It's so strange. You know, when you hear something, there's a recognition, but there's also a kind of attraction because it's unknown, and it's like this thing that you've always known that was like that. But you've never heard it expressed in that way. And it makes you feel like a frisson of like, oh, yeah, that's good. You know, that's I like that. And then you put in other things like uh, the emotion of playing an instrument and the emotion you can get from music. And it becomes pretty, yes, pretty strong stuff. But I mean, um, you know, it's uh, I think it's losing that a lot with the machines these days. I think that's, uh, you know, I keep thinking things like, oh, I'd love to do something that's. It's just nothing to do with machines, you know what I mean? But uh, I, I'm trying not to make any rules, you know, so. You know,
0: well, I'm, music, I'm blathering music can be, on as
1: well, aren't I? I'm blathering on.
0: <laughs> music can be so impactful. I mean, you write something and like you said, it ends up at someone's wedding. And then that's the song that they remember forever. It's yeah. it's pretty amazing how these things happen. And as a yeah. musician, I would imagine you're not really thinking in terms of that impact. And then it just happens. No.
1: You gotta do yeah you gotta not you gotta think about nothing really and just let whatever it is that's that's lurking in the back areas or whatever of your mind or whatever come out and just um it's just weird sort of logical uh, illogical, you know, sensible, senseless uh, you know, thing. It's a it's a weird thing, you know, but I mean um, yeah, no, I love doing it and uh, I do it with various degrees of success and whatever throughout the years, you know what I mean? So, but I mean, it's getting, we're going to have to up our game because all the people who are really good at it are sort of disappearing at an alarmingly fast rate at the moment, so, you know, and uh, and the replacement um, uh, sort of, um, the replacement sort of, is a strange, I, I, I kind of, quite anxious about the role of machines and of the man, because the man's, you know, back in charge, and it just seems to be very strange. Really, it's um, it's a strange world uh, for the artistic sort of social interaction. It's, it's. I mean, it's massive, and it's people are into things, and they're into specific things massively. But it's, it's just a strange world for me. I just, you know, I don't get it fully. But you know, I'm, 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 I'm you know, eager to learn. You know, whatever. You know.
0: So, how did you hook up with the Waterboys? And that was before World Party. But yeah. how did you hook up with them?
1: Um, I just was reading Sounds magazine, and he was talking about putting the band together and about what they wanted to do. And there was an advert. He said there was an advert in the back for a, a guitarist, I think. And I just gave the number a call and said, uh, "You're looking for a keyboard player, you know?" And they were just about to go and do a TV and. Germany and they had somebody playing the keyboards but they didn't have a drummer and the keyboard player played drums. So he said, Yeah, come down to the studio and have a play. And we he sent me a tape with a few songs on, and I learned them, and we went down, I played them with him and and I got in the band, you know, and um and then we we did our own thing. I was singing in a funk band at the time as well called Out. And we were both sort of um, you know, I just I just decided on just to go with the Waterboys and just sort of um you know, do keyboard things, you know, and, um, but, um, and it was good. I mean, uh, we were doing things like with the, with the funk band, we we're doing things like Shalimar covers and stuff like that, which I, lo- I love, you know, and I, I just had to sing. So I had all these great players around me and, 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 uh, that was really nice, but it, it just, um, it just seemed like the water boys was, um, it was just good, good stuff, you know, and, uh, Mike was very intense and into what he did and was good at it. And, um, was still finding a lot of things out. Um I found him interesting uh intellectually and um his his uh his vibes were were just interesting. So it was the first it's the first time I met anybody who was trying to do this similar sort of thing, you know, and was off on a journey with it. So it was it was great. So I joined him really on the journey and and sort of went so far. You know, we put the albums out and uh just even things like recording an album i mean i would never done i would never done the recording an album thing you know so um i'd only ever put one together for a publishers that was made out of several just several sessions that you did in a day you know um so i'd never really done an album and all that kind of stuff so it was great to be part of a band that was recording and putting albums out and going on the road and we did loads of good touring and um we went round with the u2 unforgettable fire tour and that was quite fun to do and uh you know just stuff just doing stuff you know was great and a good record company and i i got a deal with the same company um and then i after a year of having the deal i was still with the Waterboys, boys I hadn't done anything and i just sort of thought i just want to i just want to do some things because i got some songs and i need to get you know to record them and they were going away to go on tour with the simple minds around europe and i sort of went i you know it's not it's not what i'm doing i'm just going to go and record so uh you know see you later and um and that's what i did i just I, I went and found a house in the country which there was an artist living in sort of looking after it for an estate and um it was like a sort of you know huge old like rectory and had great grounds had a it had a um you know, stable block and crazy stuff, and he he was just looking. He was just living in it. It was like all kind of run down and stuff. But it was an amazing place, and it was really inspiring place. And I just by by fate, I kind of found him and said, "Hey Ed, you know, do you, you know, do you mind if I come here and make a racket kind of thing?" And he went, "Yeah, oh, great, you know." Just so I moved in there and did the first album there in the in this house in the country. After leaving the Waterboys, I just went and just kind of got immersed in 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 the songs and songwriting and was just you know, it was thrilling. It was great. It's the first time I'd ever done an, my own album. And I was, I mean, I was making Sergeant Peppers, you know, uh, you know, Abbey Road, uh, Led Zepp Three, you know, all at the same time, you know, like, uh, you know, was, I, I, you know I, I was everyone who I'd ever, you know, I was, I was George Martin for a while, <laughs> you know, it was, you know, it was just great. It was just a, an amazing experience. And, um, and then the songs that came from that enabled me to carry on. So, and that's what I've ever, always done, really, until 2001 when I got kind of, you know, sort of shot in the head by the aneurysm kind of thing. That's what happened to me. I had an aneurysm in 2001 and then didn't work for five years, sort of thing. But up until that time, I was on that course that started off in that house and just was a, was its own story, you know. So,
0: Well, Will, Will, I was going to ask you about the aneurysm. I guess I could ask you about this now. Did you think that, that your career in music was over or... Do you always know that if you rested enough or or, or or tried enough, I, you could come back? Yeah,
1: I I didn't know what was you know I didn't know what was on the cards. I mean, um, there was certain practicalities like I've got no right hand vision, but in both eyes, so it's a weird one. I've got this sort of left stereo, but uh, you know, looking at the guitar neck, I I I have to really turn my head now to see it looking at the piano I always used to look at my right hand and the shapes it was making when I when I looked down now I can see my left hand and so my piano playing has changed to sort of incorporate that so I'm pretty much more active in my left hand than I've ever been and I just went and played instruments for sort of four years just to get back on top of it you know I went out and did a gig after eight months just to sort of there was a charity do And it seemed like a good opportunity just to go and get a couple of guys and just go and do something in in front of an audience and just see if it's possible. And it was okay, and it was great, you know. So I knew it was all right, and then I went away for sort of four years and got better and just, you know, um, and then sort of started doing gigs in 2006, really. So And then did ten years of more than we've ever done, but we didn't release any albums. So, you know, it was a weird time, you know, it was like... um, i had control of my catalogue i got it from emi when i left in 98 and um i put an album out on on a label that i got a new deal with something sort of but it, it, it just wasn't that wasn't happening either and I I, I I just decided to do my own label and and then it's getting better from the aneurysm and then doing these live gigs for 10 years really it's like now's the time that the first time that i've really gone into the studio and and sort of thought, okay, things are kind of normalised enough, let's try making a record, you know. I mean, I've been recording the whole time, but making a record, I haven't been making a record. I've just been, you know, just seeing what's there, you know.
0: Well, you've been at this long enough to see the music business change.
1: Yeah, every time I released an album.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. so, So how would you say it's different for you, the way that you either record, market, whatever, since you started What's different these days?
1: God, I mean, well, the whole thing. I mean, it's just the the internet's had a huge impact. Um, you know, with iTunes and with Spotify and with um, the streaming services generally, um, YouTube. I mean, music is um, it's stolen really because it's what people use to bring in customers, and you know, bring it's a, it's one of the sources of uh, you know like a product that people can offer. Uh so it's has been actually taken away from musicians. I think we should have we should have made a a society that um basically was strong enough to get rid of the record labels and we should have kept our copyrights and joined together in a kind of collection agency and I think that would have been a lot better than just because the record companies have sold the musicians out again um over the last sort of 10 15 years, you know. So um to sort of reorganize themselves, the whole 360 deal thing, you know, the whole, you know, we can't make any money out of records anymore, so we got to make, sorry, you got to give us your t-shirts, you know, <laughs> right. it's like, it's so, it's so crazy, it's just like, no, no, it's like, this, and it's the new norm now, so you got to do the new norm, and it's like, it's not the new norm, fuck off, you know, it's like, they're all crazy, man, they're, they're just, they are crazy. You know? Yeah, so. I've
0: never understood that, because everyone who works, works for money, And writing a song is
1: work. (laughs) Musicians are a special case. They get it from somewhere else. They get their sustenance from the ether where they, they, you know, and they have their egos massaged and, you know, girls and everything, and drugs. It's, like, amazing. So they don't need any money. Don't give them any money. Just tell them it's all going to be all right, you know. I mean, some of the best stuff happened when people didn't really get much money. So we've always kind of been – there was just a golden age – um, a bit like football is now you know where where these players who used to get 750 quid a week now get 750,000 a week you know what I mean it's like a, and and it was a bit like that you know your, 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 your Crosby's and your Stills uh, and uh, you know I'm sure they did some big deals and stuff but I mean then you know going later than that as well I mean I'm just trying to think who the big uh, you know uh, I mean I'm sure Michael and Janet Jackson used to get enormous multi-million pound deals you know it was like crazy shit man and no, no, no. i think that's changed quite a lot yeah oh, for sure there's, there's, um, there's maybe
0: a handful that get that kind of deal now but i don't think many yeah.
1: not yeah. many i mean it's 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 it they're more in control and and um i think there's less um i don't know really it's it's very difficult to you know i, I think it, it's kind of anything really it's anything goes you just have to try and make sure you can survive until you can earn some money from what it is that you're doing, you know, and then when you do, then good luck to you, you know, and then, you know, hopefully you can exploit it. But I, I, I was never into putting songs in adverts and I hated it when the Hendrix track was used in the Levi's ad and all that kind of stuff. Cause I think it just, it just, uh, it's, it's, you just lose it. You lose it with the music. It's, um, uh, I, I, and I never did. And then I got a, a situation where they weren't, they told me they weren't going to release. She's the one, as the single for Robbie Williams, if I didn't okay it for the place playsta- uh, the Sega Saturn advert that they had it clued up with, I mean, how the hell she's the one had anything to do with Sega Saturn? I don't know, but but that's what they were advertising it with, and it was just a. I think that was about the first time, you know. Um, but um, I didn't really ever like doing that with adverts and all that stuff. I think film music's different because it's it's for a purpose. You're telling a story. There's a thing there. It's not like a. But I think advertising, you know, cars or dishwashing liquid is just like, it's crazy. It's, it pisses me off, you know, so anyway, there you go.
0: Did you feel better when you got control of your catalogue from BMI?
1: Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I kind of always felt like I had that control anyway because I had all the tapes at my own studio. You know, I mean, I had all the physical things at my own studio, uh, but not having that, those the rights there, I mean, um, it's it's been great. Um, I don't think you know, I, I was very misunderstood. <laughs> I was very by the main labels, you know. But it, but it was weird. It was like um, people used to say, you know, you're too wide. You too. You don't focus on a type of music, or you know, you're not marketable and all that sort of stuff. And it's like I seem to remember some other people who weren't always doing the same track a lot. You know, like uh, what were they called now? The 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 B beat, the anyway, beat? Oh, <laughs> But I mean, it's a it's a strange thing when you you, you know they didn't sort of they just didn't get it really in a way you know they and um i mean it's just what happens you know it's just what happens i mean i I do what i do and i'll always do it and it's it's kind of in a way it's kind of nice because i've seen what happens to a lot of people who do become the source of income to a lot of people (laughs) which is what happens to you when you get big you know yeah you get it yourself but you become this thing that people want to plug into everything to maximize the profits baby you know what i mean and I, i think that's it's been nice not to have that kind of thing going on because I don't think I'd be very good at that, at surviving it kind of thing, you know? So,
0: so is it strange when you have a hit in one country and not another or vice versa, you know, some song that say takes off in the U S and not in England or vice versa.
1: Oh, they, they, I mean, they always did about the same, you know, about the same um, thing really. I mean, um, I mean, we 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 never really had a kind of uh, you know I suppose ship of fools, and that was the same sort of like all over the place really um, in, a, in a in a you know within a reasonable tolerance you know I mean um, I can't think really there are many other tracks I mean you know it's like we haven't really had a lot of single action you know what I mean it's it's been the albums really that have that have been the main thing for us you know we've never. I don't know what it is, but uh, we someone decided that we were gonna be a well kept secret for some reason. I don't know what it is, but that's that's just how it's happened, you know. So um who knows? Well I um, had a a
0: C D, a World Party C D. Um yeah. I I still have it. And I believe it was from the early nineties. I would yeah. have to look at the uh, um but I but I have that C D.
1: Uh what like a promo or was it Bang? Was it was it was uh, was it called Bang or was it as yes. Goodbye, Jumbo. G- bang. Yeah. With a sort of scary cover. Yes. So yes. I, I put I, I made it I made it the uh there's a sort of fake um Liechtenstein explosion. Um and it's by this guy called Dickie Braganza. Is he real? Oh, I don't know. No. Um and um it's it's just uh it's funny because he's done a lot of things, this guy. And um it's just another another one of his works um but it's what i always wanted to do just a, a cartoon bang on the front that's what it was and and they because we had jumbo with the gas mask and all this sort of thing the record company was saying a record company as ever was saying oh can't you do something a bit like the jumbo cover so uh we went and did that thing which is just scary I, it just scares me that picture on that one with the faces all like it's like oh you know, Carl's cracking up. You know. Well, crazy. speaking
0: of goodbye, Jumbo, you're re-releasing it on vinyl, and so I today, 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 it's the big day. And yeah. so the question I had was: was it ever released on vinyl previously, or not? Yes, it was. It was. Okay.
1: Yeah, many moons ago. I mean, it's a thirty-year-old album, isn't it? It's a nineteen ninety. It's a thirty-one years old, isn't it? Yeah.
0: You're making me. Um, it's <laughs> crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Um yeah it was released on vinyl but very short you know and also at the time vinyl was like not enjoying the same thing that it's enjoying now which is like getting taken seriously as a as a as a as a format um which i think is a great format it always was and the cd isn't anything the cd's a, a way of holding digital files it's not an entity in itself um it's not a thing but the record is a thing it's like a it's the actual sounds analog embodied in this in this plastic stuff this vinyl you know and um i remember looking down the lens at the grooves in the cutting room like years ago and and thinking that's those are the bumps and lumps created by my you know jiggling about in the studio you know and it's quite amazing because it's like the um it's a bit like a sort of country version as if that it wasn't happening on the death star it was happening in in a in a terrain and it's like that, where the, where the spaceship goes down the, the groove, the alleyway towards the dropping the bomb in the Death Star in Star Wars kind of thing. It's, it, it, looking at the grooves in a record, is like going down that, you know, when it's got the microscope on it, on the cutting machine. And it looks like something you'd travel along in some spaceship or something, you know, it's quite amazing. Well, you know, uh, we, ha-
0: we actually have a record-pressing plant here in Memphis. And right. um, we, I don't know if you know the artist Yola. She's actually a British yeah. artist, but she was putting out an album and we went out with her because it was coming hot off the press, and we—it was so fascinating to see this vinyl come off the press. And literally, we put it on the record player and played it. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. Once yeah. it cooled down, it was a record already. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, it was—it was amazing. Yeah. And um, so, for you, do you think that your the vinyl version of your song sounds better—that analog sort of sound—than a CD? I think that-
1: yeah, I think analog still I still think analog is a better sounding thing just because it's all there. We can't tell really the difference I don't think. I mean um I mean I'm sure we could play you know it all depends what you're playing through and what you know and all this sort of stuff but it really we, we haven't got the ability, we haven't got the the, the oral ability to be able to really tell. It, you can have a feeling about something but I don't think you can you can tell we can't hear it, it, it you know discrete 44,000th of a second slices you know um but um but there's something nice about the fact that it's all there with analog that it's actually all from beginning to end there's nothing there's nothing sliced up or or made available in some other way you know it has to be it has to be conformed to digital then you know you have to go ad and then da you know whereas just the record is just like that just is a representation of the sound waves and it successfully transmits those to you again it's like a way of sealing the sound into the, it's the true sound you know it's a, it's a strange thing. You can hear at the end of the at the end of the needle in a cutting rig you can hear the the, the record you can hear the the audio as it's being blasted into the disc you know and it, that's it's quite amazing that it's not an electronic signal it's the sound itself goes at high level into this this soft stuff you know and it's amazing really anyway but uh i think artwork is great as well um much better much nicer and it's uh and the experience of putting a record on as well as is is you're listening you're you're doing something that we just do on a press button thing now just turn on the radio and listen to whatever it is or turn on your your iphone you know spotify account and just listen to some you know playlist or something um that's a different thing altogether putting a record on was um it was a, it was a special, special thing, you know, it's uh, it a, so to
0: me, vinyl has always been like a good book. I mean, there's more to yeah. it than just the record.
1: There's the great yeah.
0: artwork. There's, um, the liner notes, the lyrics. A lot of times there would be a story or something about the artist. And, and, yeah. and so it was this little gift that you got, and you opened it up when you bought it. And it was, there was more to explore there than just the music.
1: Yeah. I used to play my mind. I, I had a great record player that used to turn itself off. When it when it when it clicked back and went off, it used to go off, and so it was perfect for going to sleep with. The only trouble was, I used to put my listening record on at the time, whatever it was, you know, uh, Fog on the Tyne by Lindisfarne or something, or Neil Young's Harvest or something like that. I'd put that on there, and I'd put the needle on and go, you know, settle down, go to sleep, get to the end of the side, and have to have it again, you know, so, you know, <laughs> okay, we'll do it again. <laughs> so you listen to it so many times, you know, but I mean, it, it was just. Um, yeah, Magical it was great. Records were great. Uh, but, I mean, you know, uh, we have to find the great now. We have to find a way of, of being up and, you know, feeling the possibilities. Because at the moment, it's 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 a strange world of, you know, crazy logic and kind of impossibilities, really. It's like a strange thing. How are you going to defeat this nonsense to get us all on this place where... We can do something together. We can actually do something together. You know, it's just like, there's no chance of that at the moment. It's like, you know, I, I don't understand what's going on. It's like a kind of cosmic rift that's happened. It's like beyond anyone's choice. But I just keep thinking of those people shouting at those school board officials like they want to kill them. It's just like... This has gone wrong, you know. This has gone wrong, you know. So uh, I
0: haven't quite figured out where all the anger is coming from because people seem very amped up and angry about everything. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is; they just seem to be yeah. angry. And granted, there's a lot of societal stress going on because we've all been going through quite a bit. But
1: um, I think that is a lot of Trump's fault that by normalizing his his aggression towards certain things that piss him off. People have identified with him. And they've let out their own anger at these stupid things because everyone's got a stupid thing about whether it's the parking restrictions in the town or whether it's the you know the, the traffic jams or the thing, and, it's, and these all go together. And it's like Trump's like a way of of kind of blaming it on someone, you know. And so people are really letting rip with blame, you know, and uh, and it's and it's out to lunch because it's it's not it's not actually um, well informed. It's just it's 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 sort of ignorant and it's it's really dangerous and it's it's going somewhere very nasty you know and uh, and uh i just don't want america to fall apart in a, in a in a war you know I, mean, I i can see it so easily at the moment it's just uh you know 22 the democrats have to win big and then it'll be all right you know and then and 24 if they can win again and have a majority in the senate and just make it so that it doesn't fucking matter about the fucking filibuster, for fuck's sake, you know, it'd just be great, wouldn't it? But um, Well, when you look, look back know, in man.
0: American history, we've definitely had time periods like this where everyone is, seems to be at odds and um, and then it kind of moves back towards the center. And uh, it gets polarised and moved back towards the centre. So I'm crossing my fingers that...
1: It's the first invasion of the capital, though, isn't it? But apart from, <laughs> oh, you know, the 1821 18. or whatever it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. exactly.
1: I mean, but it's the first... I mean, it's like, it's something that we never thought we'd see. It's something that was planned. And it's something that people have got to be punished for doing. But it looks sure. like at the moment they might get away with it. But it's got to be something big done to these people and and uh, but there's only there's 75 million 77 million people who don't agree <laughs>
0: well it, it's almost as me. if it's almost as if you know a parent told the children it's okay for you to go crazy and you know there's a lot of checks and balances in our world and and there's this underlying
1: um emotion the, 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 the founders and stuff didn't it didn't they ever imagine this happening they did they i mean they didn't I mean, it's a, a, an ex-president going like this, going going into a sort of tamper tantrum over selfish, like a naughty kid, really. He's a naughty kid. It's like, you know, I want my toy back. You know, it's like, it's like you can't have your toy. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to have a riot then. You know what I mean? It's like, it's it's so, it's just childish in the extreme. It's But it's dangerous and people lost their lives and had their hands ripped off and crazy shit happens, man. And it's like... Wow, it's not good. Anyway, well, so least, I'm back on it again,
0: right? Well, at least it's uh, all being um, t- to your point. You know, you do something that's you commit a crime. You, you know, you should be prosecuted. And they committed yeah. a crime, and so it's it's being looked into. And I'm hopeful that.
1: But Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz and all those people, they should be prosecuted as well, just for being assholes, shouldn't they? Really? I mean, it's just. <laughs> I mean, what is that guy? I and mean, he's a smart guy, but he's he's taking the piss, man. And if he thinks that's going to make him president, wow it ain't gonna work baby because uh you know you're just i mean that whole thing with the oh man is he something else that guy you know when he was telling telling merrick garland yesterday to to resign you know i mean jesus what the what the hell is the guy on you know it's unbelievable but then who's merrick garland not exactly thrilling is he no (laughs) he's not like a you know have you ever heard of a guy called um uh glenn Kirshner? no Okay, he's a cra- he's a crazy guy, but he used to be he used to be um, uh, a a navy prosecutor, and then he worked under Mueller, in the in the DC office where it was or you know wherever Mueller was, he worked under him, and um, he's really he's re- he's absolutely brilliant. He has a he has a look him up. He has a daily uh, sort, of, you know, you know, sort of like blast. a video thing, you know, like a he gets on and just does a sort of ten minute. Rant about whatever it is. I mean, he'd be great because he'd have they'd all be in prison right now if it, if it was up to him. But I mean, all with the law and everything and the whole. he's just sits there worrying about the fact that Glenn uh, that uh, Merrick Garland doesn't do anything. But he's very he's very good. He's very succinct. But he's very he should be he should be the Attorney General. Then they'd they'd really be worried. <laughs> they'd really be worried. <laughs> and he'd do, he'd do it. He'd do it. He'd he'd make the case. And um, because what they've done is something beyond. You know it's 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 crazy what they've done, and they're getting away with it and it's just it can't happen in a, a...
0: no people can't get away with this and and I'm hopeful I'm crossing my fingers that uh you know there's there's enough momentum out there to make sure that the people pay for what they did yeah. and, and there are some really smart people like you're describing that are out there and making the case on on that yeah. side of it, and so we, I think we all have hope that... Um, that oh, and I mean, there's
1: some great people. Out, I mean, you know, love Stacey Abrams and, uh, you know, they're, they're great. There's some great people out there. I mean, and there's some great women out there, which is really great. You know what I mean? That's, that's, you know, I'm just totally, um, you know, such a fan of of, of so many. You know, really, it's 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 been great, you know, and um, I just hope that Sense can win, you know, in the end. So, uh, you know.
0: Yeah. A- absolutely. And... So, is there any new music on the horizon? Yeah. The writing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm enjoying working here. It's um, it's been good. So, yeah, hopefully, we'll be out with a new record after we finished faffing around with the old records and and buying time with that. Um, but it'd be like towards the back end of next year. So, yeah, we're in the, we're in the slot with things. So.
0: Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, Carl. So, I'm gonna we're gonna all run out and get the vinyl copy of Goodbye Jumbo. But then okay. when you put out the new album, let's catch up on that
1: yeah, and I'd talk to a little bit about that. I'll send, I'll send you one, um, you know, so make sure patty has got your, you know, the contacts and where we need to send stuff to So,
0: yes, absolutely. You know, Paddy, you know, Patty. Oh, yeah. yes, of course. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you so much for uh stopping no, by. And thanks for, uh,
1: thanks for putting up with my ranting.
0: Oh no, listen, this was this was super fun. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a okay, great conversation. Great. Love the album. Love love World Party. Yeah. And uh it was yeah. great to really meet you and can't wait to hear the new stuff no. as well.
1: No, no, no one can wait to hear it as much as me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. so far so good. You know, I'm enjoying stuff so and it's it's totally brilliant here. It's it's um, it, it, it's an amazing place. So you know it's it's good.
0: Okay, and don't forget to send me that picture of the ocean.
1: I will. I <laughs> okay. will. I have to wait till it gets light. <laughs> okay, tomorrow. It'll be a bit boring right now, Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank right. you, Carl. Thanks for your thanks for your time. You thanks. have a great day. Bye Bye now.
0: We hope you enjoyed this conversation with renowned Welsh musician, songwriter, and record producer. Carl Wallinger. We hope you'll follow Wallinger's projects, including World Party and the vinyl reissues that Carl's making available. It's really exciting for anyone that grew up with the band and for new listeners as well. And remember, you can visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive on-demand content and download the official free DiddyTV app from your app store today.